and the next restrictor play race, he's just going to go take someone out. the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love for NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. Welcome back, Let's Go Racing fam, to another full episode. This week, we are going to be recapping the Talladega and Kansas race, as well as having our race picks for the upcoming Goodyear 400 at Darlington Raceway. All right, let's go ahead and recap and check out the Talladega race, which was an absolutely insane one. I think the Geico 500. 500, yeah. To start off, this race had like so many wrecks compared to Daytona, where it was like the two wrecks early on and at the end, but there were plenty of wrecks spread out throughout the race. There were seven cautions for 34 laps uh, in today's race. Uh, mind you, that's out of 188 laps. So 34 of the 188 were run under caution uh, because there were seven. The first caution came out around lap seven, uh, 27, which was a competition caution. Uh, but then the like wrecks and other things started coming out around lap 40 and then lap 61. Well, before we get into the wrecks, let's talk about Kyle Larson. Because with, like, what, a few laps in, uh, Kyle Larson's engine blew. So what happened with that? Yeah, so what? It, it's crazy. He came in because it's not, it looked like the gauge was saying that the car was was overheating and uh, there were, there was a problem with the engine and then all of a sudden his, his car blew up, the engine blew up and it had to do with a, there was like a metal plate that apparently they put in these cars to help get them warm. It's like for transportation and, and before the race, but you're supposed to take it out. And a member of the team did not do that. So it's like, they, it's like a cameraman and they forgot to take the lens cap off and they're like shooting all of this photography and then they realize, oh, snap. But the problem is when you do that in an engine, it overheats and it blows up. So Larson's day ended because a crew member forgot to take out this plate. Somebody's the, getting fired. Somebody's getting in a lot yep. of trouble. So the race started with Joey Logano on the pole. And he was doing really well in that first stage. Uh, the Penske cars were pretty much up there. And Joey, of course, was leading. He was leading, and then, like, at the round of the end of stage number one, this is what happened. So, I forgot who was in the lead, I think. It was close, though, I think. Yeah, it was Maggie D. He was in the lead. And, like, Logano's racing Stenhouse is up there. And, like I said last week, like, you got to watch out for Stenhouse. So, we were watching this, and we saw... um. Stenhouse, Hamlin, and Logano. And then we just see Carnage. Like, we just see on the cameras, Carnage, Logano spinning, and then he flips. And that ended his day. And then something funny, like, I, this is how I bet what Bubba Wallace was like. He's like, um, I'm just driving to finish stage number one. I can't, wait, guys, I can't see any. Oh my God, it's Logano. So, Giovanni, why don't you describe for our listeners what exactly happened to Logano? Because if you didn't watch the race, you may not quite understand what Johan is referencing. 
So basically, around the end of stage one, Joey Logano was uh, in a bit of a tough spot. He was kind of getting pushed around, and basically, but he was up happened. in the front. No, yeah, he, he was, was in, the in the front. He was in second, and he had Denny Hamlin behind him, and, and then, then Ricky behind Stenhouse him, Jr. Ricky was Stenhouse. right behind Denny they Hamlin. They had a lot of speed, and they started pushing too much. Well, I, I think I, I don't really blame Denny at all. I think he just was trying to like push Joey and take him to the front as well. And Ricky ended up trying to do this, but knowing Ricky Stenhouse, he's not as careful of a, of a driver. And especially with the slick tape on the back that makes everyone slide, he just couldn't handle it and ended up getting to the quarter panel of uh, Denny Hamlin. And Denny ended up clipping Joey into the wall and Joey ended up flying and just turning upside down and going on a barrel roll on the on turn three. And what Johan mentioned with Bubba Wallace is that in the in-car camera, you could see Joy Logano flip right in front of Bubba and like smack his car a bit. And if if that was a movie, that would be like the money shot that they would market the movie around. And Fox Sports kept like, ba- they basically milked that shot because they kept using it over and over. Even when it was a much later in the race and there was nothing big going on, they still used that shot. Yeah, it was a crazy shot. It was like, I mean, watching it, if you were Bubba Wallace sitting in that car, that was a scary sight to see the 22 barrel rolling towards your windshield. And thankfully, it wasn't more than just kind of like a a dent on the front hood because Joey Logano's car could have literally landed on top of um, Bubba Wallace's car. And thankfully that did not happen. He kind of bumped him in the hood and then flew over him. And fortunately, Joey Logano was fine. He wasn't hurt. Um, Bubba was able to continue. But again, unfortunately for uh, Joey Logano, that ended his day. Well, I got to say um, to Joey, welcome to the club of barrels of the club of drivers barreling at Talladega. And it's probably one club he did not want to be a participant in. He even said that afterwards, right, Gio? What was yeah, he was about? he was saying at the, when he was getting interviewed by Jimmy Little, uh, he was Joey was basically saying that he was just glad that like NASCAR safety is the way it is because if they didn't have like the roll cages and the safety bars above them, he would have probably gotten hurt and could have even died in there. And he was also saying that like. It's a dangerous job. It really is. Like, you're racing 200 miles per hour, bumper to bumper, and you're just, like, what happened, it just goes to show this is a dangerous sport, and you really have to be skilled in order to do this. Yeah, it was a very scary wreck. Uh, it, they even said it in the broadcast. They said it looked like a video game shot. And, you know, we we all play the NASCAR video games, and sometimes these cars, like, do these crazy flips, and it looks a little over the top. That is what this scene looked like. His car did one of those video game flips where it was literally completely up in the air and flipped and just grazed, like Karen said, uh, Bubba Wallace's car. I, it was it was actually amazing because if the car if Bubba Wallace's car had been there a little later, it would have smashed right into his windshield and it would have destroyed Bubba's car. He probably would have been safe because of the roll cage, but it just it was an amazing thing. The thing that Joey was alluding to, and this is the part that I I actually don't know what the drivers mean because he's I've heard this said before. Whenever they are in these these type of uh, super speedway, it's really Daytona and Talladega where they have a special package 
that the cars are in packs. They're always saying that this they can't do this kind of driving because this is what happens when these cars are in packs and they they get the wind. So I don't know, is he saying they need to come up with another package so that the cars aren't in a pack all the time? Like you were saying, Johan, remember back a few years ago, there used to be what was called tandem racing, where the way it was set up, how many cars would would separate and actually pull away? Yeah, like there's been crazy finishes with tandem. Like, like But 20- explain to our listeners what, what was the tandem racing. It was basically what? It was like one car's in front and one car's the pusher. So it was two cars. Yep, two cars. And back in the day, like 2012, 2009, 2010, 2011, or more years, um, it was a bunch of tandem car racing, like at plates. And then like these cars are you all, like the basically the whole field had teamed up with another car to push them. So like... So they had wrecks, but not like but these the only, big packs. I was going to say, but the only thing with that is that it almost wasn't as competitive as when you have them all in a pack. I mean, there was I don't that, know, because there was that one time. Remember the Jimmy Johnson other. race at yeah, Talladega? That say. was, that's exciting. Like, I don't remember watching that race in person, but even going back and seeing it again, that was a, that was entertaining. That was a fun that's finish. That's that race that Johan always watches. And he's like, look at Jimmy Johnson. And I wasn't in, even born. He wasn't even born, but he's watched on YouTube. I don't know how many times where you have the two cars, two cars, two cars, and he's coming and he made a run. And who did he beat to the finish? I gotta say, um, it was Clint Boyer in the booth and, um, Jeff Gordon, Jeff Gordon was back there. And then I think it was, and what Har- year was this? 2011. 2011. Yeah. Oh, and then like, but I was think it Harvick and it was. Competitive, it was, though, it was where like, people from yeah. the back are able to come to the front. Yes. Jimmy if Johnson. You, all right. All right. All right. All right. Here, if you lined up with the, uh, a driver, like a, you got in the two pack and you guys were just as strong, it was competitive. I don't know if it was like what we the other highlight that we had been seeing all week, which is one of my favorites, is when Dale Earnhardt Sr. was driving his last win of his career happened at Talladega. What happened in that race, Johan? It was an 18th for four laps to go. And he was in 18th won. place. And he won. Four laps to go and he won. So that's what you're talking about, Karen. You want to see more of that. I just don't know with the way that the cars are built in this package that they can do that as safely, you know? What if, what if they What if they can maybe, like, I don't know, maybe modify the package to be able to do both? They can tandem and they can also do this. I feel like it would maybe introduce a new kind of play style and maybe it could change the way the races are and it could bring back some of the well, old and keep some of the new and I think it could be pretty cool. Because it seems like the tandem driving, has, it's more of like, it's a technique. Like, right, like you, you basically team up with another driver to, yeah, but the to, package. to drive, but no, but the thing is, it's like, if we're, if, if there's drivers that are, that are teaming up and then there's another driver that kind of wants to go, you know, wants to go out and try to pass, how are they automatically going to know, like, that somebody's going to like line up well, with them? It's because back in those days, like 10 years ago, when they had these tandem races that Johan was talking about. It was the way that the package, the aerodynamic package and the engine package was done in such a way that two cars were actually stronger than if you lined up more cars and that and those two cars could break away. But the way it is today, you can't a two car, you know, pack is not going to be able to keep up with 
10 cars that are in a row. And, and the thing, the package, the way it is today is the more cars you get in a line, the faster that pack can go. That's why whenever you see like the smaller, the smaller, if you have like the big line with like 20 cars in it, and then you, and then let's say, I don't know, Kyle Bush tries going down and starting his own lane, but he only gets five cars to join him. They're still good. They could get a bit up, but eventually the wind is going to get to them and that bigger line is going to get ahead of them. And 10 years ago, the way it was set up, just two cars could pull out and go. And that was why it was so good because you you could see two cars just break away. Well, I mean, like we were saying, you know, Talladega was an eventful race. Uh, stage win, uh, stage one winner was Matt DiBenedetto. And who has never won before. Who has never won before. More to come on that. Really good. He was doing really good. And if after stage one, uh, they went into pits. And I feel like pits went haywire after this. There were like penalties after penalties in the pits pretty much for the like the remainder of the race um i think one of the most um like memorable penalties was denny hamlin uh they were showing him coming in and uh he couldn't stop his car yeah he could he it, denny came in got a speeding he got a speeding because when he's coming passed in, his he, pit he couldn't he had to back oh, yeah, up he had to back up and so then he was i mean the announcers had already said hmm, he came in a little hot, like he came in hot and was locking his brakes and stuff. So he goes out of the pits. He gets penalized for speeding coming in. So he has to do his. Which was actually uh, Clint said that it was actually better because had he gotten he said it was borderline when he was in the pit because you have to pit within your box. And if you don't, you get a, a, a pit penalty, which means you have to come in and your car has to stop Park. in the mm-hmm. pit and then it goes which loses a lot more yeah. time so versus this was driving just a, through. This was just a pass-through a penalty. Pass through penalty. But when he came in for his pass-through penalty, he was too fast. He was speeding again. In. So he got penalized twice for coming into pits too fast. So, so yeah. So you had Matt, um, Matty D, who uh, won uh, stage one. Then we had a guy that we were all rooting for this season unexpectedly win the second stage. And who was that? That was Bubba Wallace in the 23. And he was like in the lead for a chunk of stage two. And he was like blocking. And I think he still would have won the stage, even if there wasn't another caution at the end of it. Yeah. So right before the end of stage two, yet again, another uh, wreck. This wreck, though, I think was kind of unnecessary because remember that I had just finished talking about Denny Hamlin being penalized twice for speeding. Uh, he fell down a couple laps. And so he was trying to get a lap back. And yet he was being blocked. And I just Who's didn't blocking him. I just didn't see a necessity for that. Um, so it went between um Brad Kozalowski blocking him and then um Bubba Wallace. I believe those were the two in the front and he was trying to pass them. And every time that he would either go on the inside or on the outside, one of them two would get in front of him and not, and not allow him to pass. <laughs> Cause they didn't want him on the lead lap. Cause they know he was competition. Yeah. And I mean, I get it. They don't want him going back on the lead lap, but I feel like every single time at any restrictor play, especially Talladega, these guys are way too aggressive just for stage points. I get it. Stage points are important. But when you really think about it, it comes down to those last points and where you finish at the end of the race. Because Joey Logano finished 39th this race, 
And it was because these guys were getting aggressive for stage points. Like, they can't control themselves. Just stay where you are and finish where you finish. Like, it only comes down to the last lap. That's when it matters. The last lap. When you're going to make your moves. And what do we call that last lap? The money lap. The money lap. Well, Danny did have a strong night or strong day. Uh, he led three times for 43 laps, which actually was the most of any driver. So it's it's crazy to think he didn't even finish in the top 10. Yeah, because he ended up getting wrecked yeah, and then yeah. lost laps. Yeah. So once stage three started, they obviously weren't as aggressive and they all got in single file and pretty much drove single file for a while um, until about 40 laps to go. And they started to go three wide. And they also had to get ready for pit and pit like threw everybody off like drivers were like at one part of the track when they needed to be with drivers on the other side i it was like a it was a complete mess and it was like are they gonna catch the others or not yeah so what sebastian's talking about which is something that i like i just figured out or i just understood in this race was that because there are more chevy cars so usually when they go into the green pit um green flag pit they team up based on uh, teams. So you've got, you know, the Fords, the Chevys, and the Toyotas. And there are far more Chevys than there are Toyotas and Fords. And so usually when they're coming in, you've got a lot more uh, Chevys. And so when they all come out together, like Tony was saying, the longer your line is, the quicker you start getting speed. So what these teams were doing was that the Toyotas and the Fords were kind of teaming up. But then at one point, the Fords and the Toyotas were teaming up and then it was Toyota and Chevrolet. They were the ones teaming up during the stage three pit stops. The Toyotas and the Chevrolets were teaming up and the Fords had to like get back together in order to catch up. And they eventually did. And it was like, they were back in like the, um, the positions where they were close and battling each other. And Matt Benedetto took the lead, I think. And he was like leading and it seemed like he was going to win. And a driver, I think we mentioned earlier, got on your nerves because of something he did. Right, mom? Yeah. So towards the end of the race, I mean, it was pretty much like we were getting close to the end of the race and Matt DiBenedetto was leading and we thought for sure he was finally going to get a win here. And then um, Martin Truex Jr. fell back. He was riding in the front and he fell back because he felt that his tire was coming down. And so I said, well, you better get your car off the track. And he fell back. And then at one point we saw him like on the apron, like below the yellow line going around. And so I thought, okay, well, great. He's going into the pits. But as they're getting, you know, as we're getting closer to the end of the race with just a few laps to go, probably like five laps to go. uh, There's a caution because Martin Truex Jr. did not get off the track. He literally just drove for like three laps on the apron until his car blew and I mean his tire blew and the tire went into the track. So there comes the caution. And then. And and then the end of the race happened. It, it, what's crazy about it is I don't know if it kept him. He was trying to not go a lap down. You were saying they should have penalized him. And yeah, it, I think you should have been penalized because that caution came out with just a few laps to go to the end of the race. So obviously it was going to be overtime. And in NASCAR overtime is a uh, green white checker. Yep. And so, you know, of course it was a caution. So then there was like a pit situation. Are you going to go into the pits with like only three laps to to go to the end of the race or are you going to stay out? So the majority of the car stayed out. But then what happened that frustrated you, Sebastian? 
Kyle Busch and Bubba Wallace decided to go into pit for because they thought, oh, we're going to do multiple um, overtime. So we'll be able to get to the front and be able to pass everybody. But that ended up backfiring for them. And I am really upset at Bubba Wallace because spoiler warning for race picks he was my pick and he was in the position throughout the race to get me points but then going into pit cost him to get outside of the top 10 and now i'm once again no points yeah so not obviously not a wise strategy so the flat the race goes green again uh bubba wallace and kyle bush end up starting 25th and 26th when they were all the way in the front. Uh, we were excited, though, about Daniel Suarez. He got up to sixth place. Yeah, we were feeling really good and thinking, oh, my goodness, he is going to do it. He was smart. He looked like he laid back throughout the race to make sure he kept his car clean. And when it t- was time to go money round, he was up there. He was pushing. And then he got pushed out. Who did we see was the guy that got him loose and literally pushed him? Who was the, the bully line. that pushed him all the way to the back? William Byron. And, and normally I, we're William Byron yeah, fans. I, I so we were surprised. I was so disappointed with that. I'm not happy with him today. And actually, he actually put Suarez into the wall at Martinsville. So there may be a little rivalry going on between Suarez and Byron. Right now, Byron's my least favorite Hendricks driver. Boo you, Byron. So are we saying that Byron may not like Suarez? Mm-hmm. Or, or they could have beef with each other. Well, I don't know, guys. That was it's Talladega. Come on. Well, I he put him in the wall at Martinsville. Let, okay, it may it was one time. You really can't count the super speedways. Let's watch it over the season, and if it happens again, then maybe we could say it. But honestly, guys, it was Talladega. Okay, I, I didn't like the move. I Rivalry was upset start at, because um, I was thinking, speedways. holy cow! Because again, if you're in the top five, anything can happen on that last lap. Danny Suarez could have pushed that car to the I'm front. I'm not going to lie. At one point, I, d- I just kept it to myself, but I was like, oh my goodness. This could, could be this it. be his win. This could be it. But unfortunately not. So and Bubba Wallace the- was the same thing. I thought if he could just be up there, yeah, could be Bubba it. Yeah, Bubba did really good this today. In, um, Michael in- Jordan was probably really excited. But anyway, it is Talladega. So final lap, Matty D is in the lead. Johan, why don't you take us through it? So all um, my trends were Maddie D would win this race. So unfortunately, what messed up my whole trends was that was Truex. He messed up my whole trends because this is what happened. White flag, Maddie D leads. And then here comes, they're like going three wide. It's getting cuckoo and crazy. William, ba- or not William Byron, um, Brad Kozlowski and then like Ryan Blaine, a bunch of guys just showed up. Brad Kozlowski makes a move down the backstretch, passes Matty D. Blaney goes bye-bye. He like goes mid-pack. Then Matty D needs to go back to Tyler Reddick to get a push. Doesn't get really get a push. And off a of turn three and four, McDowell and Byron can't get to... Um, Kozlowski and Kozlowski is the man to win at Dega, winning his six Dega win. And I think he's tied with Dale Jr. and Jeff Gordon, two legends. It was a crazy finish. Yeah. All we needed was a car to go finish uh, going backwards. That was the only thing we didn't get at the end of the race because there were some wrecks that happened right as they were crossing. The yeah. Street. No, um, Eric Jones got spun out. He did? Yeah. He got turned but into. Did he cross the finish line backwards like Amarola did? No. And what play? I know it's a different race, but he finished like 
top five in that race when he finished backwards. He fin- so. Yes, he slid to the finish line. He finished third. But um, yeah, so we were rooting for um, Matt Benedetto because we wanted him to win this race. You know, he's been close. Uh, Johan was, that was Johan's guy to win. And I was frustrated because for two things. Because, like I said, I believe if that caution with Martin Truex hadn't come out, which is why I think he should be penalized, um, I think he would have won. I, I really do. They had the momentum. And when you have when your momentum is like kind of stopped, that's it's it just stinks. And then also on that last lap, M- Matt DiBenedetto made the choice to I think had he stayed in front of Brad Keselowski, I think he he would have had a better chance uh, at, at winning. I mean, I, I, I don't think Brad would have just sat in second. He probably would have yeah, tried to go tried for, to the, go win, for the win. But I think that you know, he would have that Matt Benedetto would have finished much higher than he did. He had a really good finish, but I think he would have finished higher. But, you know, trying to go up and start a different line was what did it for him. Johan, why don't you take us through the top five finishers for this week's race? The top five finishers for this week's race was in and fifth, Matty D in fourth, Kevin Harvick and his number is four, and he finished fourth. Third was Michael McDowell, our Daytona 500 defending champion. William Byron in second. Womp, 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 womp. And Brad Keselowski winning. I wanted someone else to win. But something funny about Harvick's car, it actually had dog brew. So we were, like, making jokes during the race. Was Like, is this dog beer? <laughs> yeah, what is that? We're going to have to check that out. Do we need to get some for Kenobi? Uh, so how many laps did Brad lead Giovanni? So Brad actually led only one lap, and that was the last one. He led and, the money lap. And what did we call that? The money lap. And what was his sponsor today? Money Lion. <laughs> that makes it even sweeter. <laughs> that does make it sweeter. And that was the finish at Talladega. So finally, Penske got that um um, super speedway check that they wanted because that bonus that bonus oh yeah because they were joking about how they didn't get the bonus for daytona and they had because they were one and two 400 employees were asking joey hey where's our uh where's our daytona bonus it uh yeah, in and fire th- and fire and smoke and turn three <laughs> well brad got them that bonus today brad got them their money I have an honorable mention, and that's Kaz Grala, who oh, was yeah. at the, who was in the race, and he finished six. And the we had mentioned him, and we talked about him last year because he filled in for Austin Dillon at the uh, Daytona Road Course, and he finished seventh. So, like you know, I mean, I like I said, I love his name. I think it's super cool. So it's really cool when I see him, and when he comes to these races, he's actually doing good and showing like his talent. So I'm you know, very the happy. The weird thing is he he hasn't even like raced that much. No, but no. he, he, yeah, he's he raced, probably he's has a better finishing rate than like most drivers. Yeah, because he's finished only seventh and f- fifth, I think, right or yeah. sixth. And, and honestly, I'm I'm not a huge Austin Dillon fan. So I prefer Cries Garala in that number three car. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, Austin Dillon's going to be in that three car because his granddaddy is the owner. Is the owner, and him and Dale had a, rela- a friendship, and so that's. And honestly, I don't think they'll let anybody else drive that three. Um, so, uh, but what was the other cool thing about Cries Garala is that during the road course, because we went to that race and we took some pictures for Let's Go Fa- Let's Go Racing Family. And we tagged him, and he actually liked it. He liked our that pose, was pretty cool. so that so was really cool. He, yeah. Uh, no, I don't know if he remembers, but he at one point knew who we were. So uh, hopefully, we'll see him do well and uh, one day get a full time ride 
you know, I was, we've talked a lot about the fact that there has been a lot of stars from NASCAR that have left over the years. I mean, think about all the drivers, Hall of Fame drivers that have retired. You know, Carl Edwards, I know he's not in the Hall of Fame. That man's going to the Hall of Fame. Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart. I know he's not a popular man around this table, but even Matt Kenseth. You know, you've got drivers that won championships that all retired in in pretty quick uh, succession. Of course, how can I forget my guy, Dale Earnhardt Jr.? These are the biggest stars. And honestly, I think that's part of why NASCAR the past few years has has had a little bit of a dip in fan interest. There's obviously other things, but I think that's been part of it. But it is is actually pretty cool to know there's all of this young talent that can do really, really well and set the sport up for the future. And I honestly believe Cosgrala, again, like Giovanni said, he's done really well in the limited times he's had a shot. The guy can drive. So he's got some talent. He just needs to, you know, um, he needs the opportunity, needs to, the opportunity. To, to drive more. Yeah. So. All right. That was Talladega. Let's go ahead and check out the Kansas race, which was quite had quite the interesting name and was a pretty good race itself. Johan, what was the name of the race this week? The Bushy McBushy for or the Bushy McBush on race four hundred. No, that wasn't the name. No, that was the real name, Sebastian. The Bushy McBush race four hundred. No, that wasn't the name. Karen, what was the real name? The Bushy McBush four hundred. Who names a race a Bushy McBush race? It's like Kyle and Kurt won a bet and they got to choose the name of the race. It actually sounded like something maybe Kyle Bush's son would have named the race. Yeah, that's actually for that's his dad. A, for his dad, I mean, he is racing. Maybe they they won a thing, and he said he got to race it. Now we talked about it. It was uh, it a couple an episode ago about how they named it, but yeah, a little crazy. All right, why don't we get into the race? Before we get into the race, Tony, can you explain to our listeners because I had to ask this question on Sunday. Explain how the Kansas Speedway is in Kansas City, Kansas. Because Kansas City that we know, like where the Chiefs are from, is in Missouri. So can you explain that to the listeners? Yeah. So honestly, the the easiest way that I was able to explain it to our family, it's kind of like Bristol, Tennessee. There's a Bristol, Virginia and a Bristol, Tennessee. And, you know, and right down the middle is, you know, one side is Virginia, one side is Tennessee. It's kind of like that where Kansas City You've got Kansas City, Missouri, which is the bigger part. It's the big city. This is where the Kansas City Chiefs play. They're not from, they don't play in Kansas. They actually play in Missouri. But then you have Kansas City, Kansas, which west of Kansas City, Missouri, it's, you know, it's like right there is actually where the track is. And I actually had to do a double check to make sure of myself because when you started questioning it, I started wondering, I'm like, wait, did I mess that up? But the track actually is in Kansas City, Kansas, which is right next to Kansas City, Missouri. So let's get into the race. It was a tale of two Kyles, one named Bush and the other one Larson. They were the two that dominated this day and are the ones I really want to talk about. But before the Kyles took over, Brad Keselowski pretty much dominated stage one. He had the most he led the most laps in stage one. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to take the stage home. And instead, Kyle Busch ended up winning stage one, battling 
the five-car Kyle Larson, and that continued throughout the other stages, with stage two having Kyle Larson winning and Kyle Busch coming in second. So, like I said, these two were really up there battling each other. Yeah, it was really a back-and-forth battle between each between each of them, as Kyle Larson actually ended up winning stage two as well, and they were basically were just fighting the entire time, battling for position, and it was pretty interesting to see both of them up there. Until late race cautions kind of reset the field and actually jumbled things up a little bit. Yeah. So there weren't any like actual cautions like caused by cars or debris or anything like that until stage three, the cautions prior to that were like competition cautions or the cautions at the end of the stages. So it wasn't until stage three where I guess everybody decided that they were going to start like competing and driving. Yeah, just to put in perspective, this this race was 267 total laps. It wasn't until lap 231 where we actually had a ca- set of ca- a caution caused by wreck on the on the on the track. And then after that, there were three more cautions because of incidents on the track. So it was a clean race, pretty competitive. It wasn't until late late in the race when people got really racy. Things started to kind of break loose. And that's the reason why Larson did not finish as well as we thought he was going to because he was dominating. Yeah. And you want to know something? I was torn in this race because Kyle Busch is my favorite driver. But Kyle Larson was my race pick for the week. And I'm like torn. Do I want my guy to win and get into the playoffs or do I want Larson to win so that way I can get points? But then as those caution laps kept happening, I was thinking, okay. Kyle can win and Larson get at least a top five and I'll be happy. And then, oh boy, guys, someone else take it. I can't think about it. Well, let me just say one thing. This is the reason why people ask me all the time to play fantasy sports. I can't do it because I can in good conscience pick against my favorite teams. And so when you asked me that question, Sebastian, I said, you always go for your favorite person. I don't care what fantasy league you're in. You always go for your favorite team. Well, um, since Sebastian doesn't want to explain what happened to Larson, I will explain this final restart. So, basically, to sum up what would happen, um, before this caution, there was like a wreck between Cendric and Stenhouse. Stenhouse spun, then they restarted, they were racing. Bell oh, Ricky Stenhouse wrecked? Surprise, guys. <laughs> oh my and word, then, wait, and what? he did it twice this week. <laughs> he did. And, and then um, Bell crashed into Stenhouse and Tapri, so both of those teammates crashed with um, Bell. And then now, to talk about this final restart, they go green. Bush has a better run. Larson, like a bunch of people are going up. Larson um, is trying to push Blaney because I remember him saying he tried pushing Blaney as hard as he can, but he did it too much. But he pushed him too hard. But ended up, Blaney spun, saved it, and then Larson got in the wall. I want to say that was one of the most amazing saves I had seen all year, probably ever, really. I thought for sure he was going to cause a caution. He was going to wreck and take out some drivers. He did none of that. He got his car right and kept on going. And I don't think Larson actually passed him. No, actually. Okay, so first of all, this is not the first time that Ryan Blaney has saved his car from spinning out. He's actually done it before. But not this to this level. He's turned, yes. And one of them, his car turned sideways and he managed, because you could see him like adjusting his car. Like, that was um, a yeah, that was the road race. course. 
Was that the road? No, that was Talladega. No, was it, it was. Dega? This was like a year or two ago. Okay, yeah, probably two. At this point, it was probably two years ago. But he has he has saved his car before, so he he's he's pretty good at that at saving his car. But this final restart was a crazy one because cars that were in the lead, so like the that were up in the front, got shuffled back, and so yeah, Kyle Larson tried pushing Blaney, pushed him too hard, turned Blaney sideways, and they all started going backwards. Kyle, yeah, because Kyle, Kyle hit Larson, the wall. Yeah. And that messed him up. Ended up going backwards. Blaney went backwards. And it was just a, a, a crazy like restart. I got to say bravo to Ryan Blaney, even though he didn't finish top 10. I, did he finish top 10? I don't think he did. But bravo to Ryan Blaney finishing or er, er, finishing the race and not getting wrecked. But then Larson, it pushed him too hard. Yeah, with that, um, actually, Blaney finished. Like I said, they were going backwards. Um, Kyle Larson finished 19th and Ryan Blaney finished 21th, which is disappointing for them because they were up there throughout the race. Like we just talked about, Kyle Larson was one of like the dominant cars and and Blaney was a very dominant car. Yeah, it was top 10. He was top 10 the whole race. He finished eighth after stage one, finished sixth after stage two. And uh, thought he was going to have another top 10. So and at one point, I thought he, he could get up there and, and maybe take the lead. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and just for you, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. fans, I know we joke about him. He did lead once for 23 laps. So, I mean, he led almost 10 percent of the race. So as much as we give him a hard time, he's just an aggressive driver. Uh, and sometimes his aggressions get the better of him. But in any event. Kyle Larson ended up disappointing me. I'll get more on him later. But I was given um happiness because Kyle Busch got to win. And he did it on his birthday. Yeah, there was some crazy stat. And I don't know if it's true or not, but they had said on the broadcast, like he never loses on his birthday when they race. Right. Or actually, he's only lost one time or something crazy. Yeah, he was very dominant. But I mean, he was dominant on this track because he also won the night before in the trucks race. And um, and then, of course, he was very dominant in this race. He finished first in stage one, finished second in stage two, and won the race. So, Johan, why don't you take us through the top five for this week's race, and then we'll get into our race picks and where everybody finished. I, I know a couple of you already mentioned it. Well, the top five was, I'm going to start with the fifth to first. Um, I'm happy that he got a top five, Chase Elliott, my favorite driver right now, got a top five, strong, solid finish. Soon he'll win. Matty D coming with a four finish. Wow. Brakozlowski third placed. And Kevin Harvick, um, second place. And then the birthday boy, Kyle Busch, wins. So let's talk about another driver. But before I want to say, this is Matty D's second top five in a row. So hopefully he'll get a win soon. And then we also, let's talk about Daniel Suarez. He seemed like he was having a rough day. He was towards the back a lot, but he managed to pull out an 11th place win. We were hoping for that top 10, but he had 11th. And I, I, I mean, we're very excited for him. Yeah, actually, uh, the race kind of started at the the night before I posted something about um, I think it was Justin Marks, the team owner, had had mentioned how he was very happy with Danny Suarez, knew he's one of the hardest working drivers out there and their time will come. And 
from our Let's Go Racing family Twitter account. I just tweeted at him that, you know, we're excited to root him on every week. And and it is. It's just a matter of time before they can win. And uh, so we were pretty excited. And he actually liked our post. So I thought that was kind of cool. And so we get into the race and we're watching. And then he's languishing back, like behind top 20, 25. He fall back. I, he might have fallen as as low as like the 30s, 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, had gotten lapped or was very close to getting lapped. But in true Danny Suarez fashion, he found a way to move back up the race. And uh, and he ended up finishing in, in 11th. At one point, he was inside the top 10. Well, yes, he did make his uh, position back up. Daniel Suarez actually was penalized as well as Kevin Harvick for loose tires on pit row. And that's why they ended up falling back to like 30th. But both of them worked their way up, especially Daniel Suarez. That says a lot. If you're getting penalized and you're still doing well, I mean, Harvick finishing second, Suarez in 11th. That says a lot about your resolve as a team and as a driver. So, yeah, super excited uh, for Danny Suarez once again. And I was actually going to look at the standings. Okay, so standing-wise, Danny Suarez is still outside the top 20, but he's not too far off. He's only, what, 19 points out of 20. And What position is he in? He's in 22 right now. Okay, he moved up one because he's And he's, he's at about 23rd. 50 points outside the playoffs because, right, it's top 16? Yeah, yes. top 16. So Matty D right now is in 16th, and then you've got Danny Suarez in 22nd, and he's about 50 points out. So he's got some – he's got some uh, – some, time uh to make up those points but i mean we're already at what was it race 11 and we know that there are 26 races in the regular season so he's got about half a season more to go a little bit more than half a season to make up those points and remember this actually um we got a crazy regular season to go we got a lot of road courses a lot of crazy stuff and then don't forget the last race of the regular season is not Indianapolis. It's Daytona. And I remember the the 2020 Daytona race for the playoffs. Maddie D was way up the races before. And it seemed like, oh, he's going to be locked in. And then that race, it was so crazy. He dropped back and he was he was like in the in like the picture of the guys who were battling in that final position, the final two positions. So Suarez still has a chance, especially with this crazy schedule. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Another guy, just looking at the standings, he's actually right behind is Bubba Wallace. Um, Bubba Wallace actually was a little bit higher. He's in 21st, and he's about seven points in front of Suarez, so about 43 points out of the playoffs. So I think for both of them, to your point, Johan, they both still got a shot, right? Mm-hmm. And it could come down to two last spot slots where they can move up this season and like, and then can sneak in to like the the seventeenth and eighteen. And then there could be two slots that are open, and they could just move along in at the end of the Daytona. And what's the easiest way for them to get in? A win. They gotta get a win. Take that car to victory lane. Sebastian, where are we going next week? Next week is a double special race. For one, it's Mother's Day weekend. And secondly, we're going to Darlington for the Goodyear 400. And you know what happens anytime we go to Darlington. It's We're going retro. Aw, yeah. And so what's that mean, Johan? Tell our listeners, what is throwback weekend at Darlington? 
So throwback racing, or throwback weekend is actually where the drivers that are racing right now throw it back to some of like the Hall of Famers of NASCAR, like NASCAR, like Rusty Wallace, Dale Senior. But how do they do that? They, however, they um they wrap the cars to make it look like old cars. Like let's say I remember one year, twenty eighteen, the year Brakaslowski won the Southern Five Hundred. He his car was to Rusty Wallace, so it was black and a bit of gold and some gold. So they made so basically they take the cars and they make them they look give them retro, the old school paint schemes with the current brands, but with the old school paint schemes. That's pretty cool. And also, like Willie, one time William Byron in the same year, he threw it back to Jeff Gordon's Rainbow Warrior scheme. That's pretty cool. So let's get into this week's race picks. It's the Let's Go Racing Family Picks of the Week. All right, as we said... This week is Throwback Weekend at Darlington. Karen, who are you picking to win this weekend at Darlington? I think that the number four of Kevin Harvick is going to take the checkered flag. Mm, Kevin Harvick. Very strong win. Uh, Potential. He won last year. So, all right. I could see it. Well, I'm going next. And we came up with the rule last year that you can't pick the same driver twice. Because I, I think I would have picked Denny Hamlin again because he was the other guy that won. Remember, they ran one, two, and then one, two. But I can't do it. So I'm actually going to go on the limb here and pick the guy that Sebastian just jinxed because I think he's now due to run in the top five. I'm going with Kyle Larson in the number five. All right, Johan, you're up next. Who is your pick for Darlington? So when dad said he can't choose Hamlin, I was acting happy to trick you guys like I was going to pick him. But I'm not. Because I know whenever I pick him, he does trash at this trace track. I picked him in the Southern 500. Something happened to him. But I ain't picking him this week. I'm going to pick the guy who won in 2018. The guy who I mentioned who threw it back to Rusty Wallace. I think... He's going to get it done and win his second victory this season, y'all. Brad Kozlowski. Giovanni, who are you picking to win? So, you know, I was thinking about picking him last week, but I got stolen from me. And I think I'm going to take him this week. I think he's pretty good at Darlington, and I think this is where he gets his win of the season. Let's go, Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin. All right, Seabass, who are you picking to win at Throwback Weekend? I should have picked him last week for Kansas, but now I'm going to go with him this week. Last week's winner, Kyle Busch. All right. Those are our race picks for Darlington. With that, Giovanni, why don't you take us out? That's going to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening on our end. Please consider subscribing, checking out all of our socials, and downloading our podcast episodes. Let's go, Racing Family. Out. <laughs>